You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. friends, welcome to episode 39 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can. Whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game up to the next level, I am Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Rob. See? You like how I did that? <laughs> no. <laughs> we are... Uh, Don't throw me a curveball right now. I'm fragile. <laughs> hey, hey. We came into this with a curveball thrown at us because our engineer true. decided tonight to ambush us on the way into the studio with a Nerf <laughs> with gun. With a Nerf gun. You're welcome. Of course, I had to be point for this one. Yeah, so, yeah. You know. So uh, next week, uh, there might be a little change. There might be a little gunfire going on. So We'll see. I'm here before you. That, oh, no. We also have those other... Eh, never mind. We probably won't be able to do it with those other guys. The guys no, who come like in before us. Oh, they were supposed to be in. Was that week? was that this week? Oh, so oh. Week. next week is a week. Oh. Okay, oh, so Caitlin. all right, all right, we'll move you just on. Signed your own <clears throat> death warrant. Mm-hmm. But like Bring a nerf it. death warrant. Yeah, Knox says water balloons. We're gonna try and keep the studio working, Knox. But we appreciate your moxie. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to nix that one. We'll have to save that for like some summer surprises in the parking lot. Everyone, bring your ponchos. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's get right into this because we don't have a lot of time. Uh, yeah. No, we uh, we have to create an entire story in an hour or yeah. forty minutes or whatever. Whatever we decide, decide to squeeze. To squeeze where, where we decide to stop we, it. We also have questions tonight, so uh, so we'll we'll go from there. Um. Oh God. What did we get ourselves on the hook for here, Rob? Well, we kind of started with, with Sam because Sam was the one who kind of opened the door to this discussion a little bit. Yeah. And because she wanted to talk about creating a new story and kind of where to go. And she had some great material and everybody stepped in and helped out. But it kind of triggered my mind of like, why don't we try and do this in an hour? Yeah. Like right from the ground up, build something. And so we, we can kind of do it live yeah. and kind of see the process at least exactly. you know, for, 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 for us at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure everybody's got their own unique process and by no means is this, you know, the way to do it. And but it is we're going to flat way. out say this isn't our way of doing it either. We literally just came up with this on the fly. <laughs> yeah. We're going to set down some ground rules and assumptions we're uh-huh. going to have to begin with this with. I think you're, the ones you had set out were pretty good. Um, so we are going to write a D&D friendly because uh, that's kind of uh, where things were going on the Discord. Right, right. And, so uh, and To make yeah. it a little easier for everybody to follow. For those of you who, who, who weren't on the Discord um, and didn't see the uh, the, the, the conversation unfolding, uh, Sam, Samantha is one of our um, one of our new Patreon members. Yep. She's also a new storyteller. Yep. Uh, and she's, I believe she's running her very first D&D game. If it's, I, I think so. If I I'm think correct so. on that one. And uh, unfortunately, she's not with us in the live chat tonight, so I can't ask her. Oh. But uh, – uh, she uh, – there was a discussion that unfolded on the Discord about just creating a story. And she yep. was like, well, I've got this and I've got that. But how do I turn that into a campaign? And a lot of our uh, Discord members uh, jumped in and gave her some really great advice all around. But we kind of wanted to take that because it was a it was a very big discussion, a very big mm-hmm. group discussion. Everybody seemed to have a lot of input on it. So we figured it's a great topic to kind of unfold on the air and uh, just see where we could take it. So yeah. as this one was kind of – for Samantha, we're going to do this for, you know, uh, <laughs> using She's, her assumptions. She made it. She's in the car right now. No way. All oh, right. Well, welcome, Samantha, Sam. Welcome this, to the show. W- welcome. This is kind of for you, but also for everyone else who's getting started and want to kind of get into this. So, all right. So, again, D&D friendly. We're going to hit that off the yep. bat. Uh, two, we will not be writing any NPCs in particular. We're going to be very general about this. Yes. Again, we're starting with yes, a framework. Yes, yes. Don't 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 hit us on that. That can be pushed on. Right. Um. And this is going to be designed out to be a longer campaign in overall. This isn't a one-shot that we're right. planning. Right. I mean, it could be in some designs, yeah. but not for us. I mean, it might only be five games, but it's not a one-shot. Yeah, but you know? the idea is that this gives you all the framework you need to kind of get started. Yeah. So, so here we go. It is 7.04. 7.04. All right. Start the clock. On this all one. right. First off, what are we doing? Okay. What kind of story is this going to be? Are we talking action adventure, mystery, intrigue, political, end of the world, huge heroic? What do we want to do? All right. Um. So uh, I'm going to let you set it. Okay. So we're assuming we're we're new story to a uh, new storyteller here. Sure. Um. And let's let's be. 
So let's let's keep our scale a little bit lower. Okay. Okay. I don't think an end of the world big heroic thing is going to work out for us as a new storyteller. Sure. Fair um, enough. Because it's it's too unwieldy. Sure. You know. Okay. Um, intrigue political can get overly complicated. Lots of NPCs, lots, lots of world building to do to make it work right. Yeah. And sure. lots of keeping track of chess pieces. All right. You know. Okay. Um, mystery's good. Okay. Uh, action adventure's good. So I'm going to narrow it to, I, I, I eliminated two. I'm going to put it back to you. Um, action adventure is easy. Yeah. Uh, mystery and it's, can and be it's, a little it's challenging. Arguably, what D and D is built for. Yeah. So let's do. <laughs> I'm going to challenge you. We're doing mystery. Okay, we're doing All mystery. Right, we're doing mystery. All right. All right. Uh, next. All right. Uh, so what kind of mood are we going for here? Mm. Um, are we going to do like a dark, gritty realism sort of thing? Are we going to do a uh sort of happy-go-lucky, up, uplifting, hopeful sort of thing? Um, since we're doing mystery, do we want to go with something like suspenseful and creepy? Mm. Al- almost ver- verging on maybe a horror story of some sort. Obviously, verging. I mean, we're not going like full Lovecraftian. Well, it's you know. it's not common. I don't think that's a very common theme in D and D. I think that most of the time, you know what's coming. You kind of get a feel like we're going to go take care of these goblins or we're going to go right. handle this you know, wraith or we're going to do whatever. I think a, a, maybe a mystery suspense might be something different. Yeah, mystery suspense could be good. All right. All right. Let's, like let's go that route. But I would say let's keep it to suspense and not horror. Yes. Let's keep keep ourselves away from horror. Yeah. So right. we're, we're, we're going to lean heavily on things like plot twists, but they're not necessarily going to be um, you know, murder, death, kill, awfulness. Right, 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 right. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, all right. So, what what sort of group what sort of group do we have? Apparently, here? We, we might get a we we might need to put a mutant turtle in here somewhere. All right. Oh yeah, right. Knox was <laughs> Knox was messaging me earlier in the week, and he's like, "Can you can you can you put one of those?" In? I'm like, "We're not doing NPCs, man. We're not. We're, we're not, not going to get do that. that. That's that not going to happen." But you know, we'll we'll talk. All right. So, uh, all right. So we've got mystery, suspense. Sounds good. All right. Uh, are we doing more social? Are we going to go fighting? Are we going to go player focused? Are we going to go game focused? You know, are we talking about a grind? Or are we going very leisure on this one? Like, let's let's break each one of those out: social or fighting. All right. How, how so, much are we weighing? I mean, D and D lends itself very well to a fighting game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that suspense mystery lends itself to a fighting game unless well, you're surprising them with monsters, right? Or a lot of it is survival. Uh huh. You know, it's you know you're you're dealing with trying to survive through something. Maybe you're the mystery is if it's mystery and suspense. Maybe you're caught up in something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 That's that's a good thought. That's a good thought. You know. So what? Well, I think maybe what is it? What is it? Our mystery is about because I, I I think. All right. Well, let's. I, let's I start feel like diving. we maybe need to okay. dwell on that a little bit more sure. before we can kind of figure out the tone and flow of the game. All right. Um, let's, let's hit a couple, uh, tropey stuff. Um, okay. so we have a mystery. Maybe we're trying to discover what happened. So an investigation. Sure. Okay. So you've got that. So, uh, people are being sent to an area to investigate it, right? Um, here's a trope I, I particularly like. Sure. It's good. It's good to get adventurers in on, on D&D. Um, sure. is an artifact has been stolen and a powerful person wants the adventuring party to recover it. Okay, okay, so recovery. I like okay, that. Okay, okay. So right. in the in the aftermath of, the, of a theft, so we don't know who did it. Sure. We don't know where it's been taken. So okay. there's our mystery element. Sure, sure, sure. And maybe the suspense is that we're not too sure who's trying to stop us. Right, or or why? Or why? Or why yeah. why why the artifact was taken? Why this particular powerful person, be it a noble or otherwise, cares about it no i like that i like that okay so rich and powerful person Mm -hmm. wants an artifact back maybe not even the person was stolen from okay maybe it was taken from a guild okay so you've got multiple players involved and maybe they're a some sort of a patron of that guild like a okay a rich benefactor i like that yeah because they're interested a a, a bruce wayne kind of character who who stands in the shadows but is very is very happy to support this group okay okay i like that i like that okay um I'll throw a couple pieces in that'll make it even a little more dicey. Sure. All right. So maybe the break-in happened at something that was something meaningful to multiple characters. Perhaps it was originally like an orphanage that was given a gift, a powerful gift to help, and that was taken. Some something magical, some kind of a a mystical artifact. Maybe it was food. Maybe okay. it was like a bounty, a fount of water, or some kind of oh. some something simple. That could be but, interesting. Yeah. But where it came from is the important part. And that it needs to be retrieved. Okay, okay, okay. 
So maybe an artifact of, of bountiful food or, or a font of, of, of fresh water or something like that. Um, here's the thing is uh, – hmm. Because what I'm thinking of then is we, we have to have a motivation for it to have been taken. Sure. By by our, our, our antagonists. Right, right, right. So you kind of then if, – if you're going to answer that question of what the MacGuffin actually is. Right, right, right. You then need to ask the question of why is it important to the antagonist. So, so can you think of a reason why a font of water or a bountiful plate? It's a simple thing. Maybe in fact it was a previous adventurer's item. Mm-hmm. And it went somewhere. So it has a memory attached to it. The last time it was used by that person or held by that person was in, a, in an important place and it is a marker for where that place is. Hmm. So it leads to a much larger adventure. OK. So that item becomes a key then. Correct. To it's, so it, the MacGuffin is incidental. Correct. Is incidental. OK. But okay. you don't know. But again, it's not again, known. It's a mystery. Right. You're not sure. It's like the players won't That's know a, this information. OK. It's just that, a rich benefactor looking to get this MacGuffin back. That is that's no, that's a great that's that's great. That's gold. That's okay. Gold. All right. So so <laughs> all right. So we so we've got a we've got a mystery. All right. We've got I, suspense involved. And I like the idea of the bountiful plate. So I yeah. want it to be that. Okay. Yes. So it's a bountiful plate. Yes. Uh, cornucopia. We'll call it a cornucopia. Oh, the cornucopia. Good. Yeah. Good, that good, way good, it's good, kind good. of a – it's a unique object. At the same time, you can reach into it and it always presents food. Yes. Or you can dump it out and it will dump you know X number of food. Yes. You know, um, it will uh, – it is not uh, particularly appealing to a specific diet or anything like that. It is just nutritious food, be it like good berry kind of quality yep. things. It will get so, you through the day. Yep. It will meet your needs. Yep. So uh, anything that anyone could create. I mean mm-hmm. it's a mystical item. Probably not that rare. Yeah. You know, yeah, but yeah. at the same time like which might th- lend itself to a wizard character might know, you know, like why is why, this? Why didn't they just go out to the I mean, 7-Eleven and buy one? Right. And yeah. so and, – and that becomes a whole question. We don't need to get in that at just a moment but it's a good start point okay, to that. Okay, All right. Okay. So I'm thinking we might have a little social and a little fighting. You know, I think it's going to be a balance. Yeah. You know, yeah, depending on how be, the players take it. Because as the plot reveals what the antagonists are really after. <laughs> Never any jar of mayo. I like that, Knox. <laughs> oh, God. No, that's a critical role reference. OK. So uh, – all right. So we've got we've got that. So uh, player focus or game focused? So at this point, I think we have, uh, you know, are we taking our character stories and in- incorporating them into this? And I'm thinking the if we do that, mm-hmm. they're going to create some of the other entities. So maybe if a player is a part of a a fighters guild, like that's in their history, or maybe they were an old uh, a, an old uh, warrior, mm-hmm. that they may have a player that's involved in the process, right? Uh, I mean, I think I think backstories are always going to be important mm-hmm. um, to integrate them into the game world. Mm-hmm. But I think this is definitely going to be a very story fo- or you know game focused uh, sure. okay. thing. I don't think we're going to be focusing a lot on players' individual backstories because I think it would detract. It would throw too many red herrings into the you. into the plot. Fair enough. All right, grind or leisure. Uh, I, I I always go with leisure. Okay. I I don't enjoy grind personally. Okay. Um, and this 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 question um, is is are we doing like a number crunchy game? You know, especially if we're not going to go combat heavy. Mm-hmm. There's really no need for you know so much, uh, uh, you know, number crunchy, grindy, min maxi. Okay, fair sort enough. Of stuff. All right, so leisure. Yeah. All right. Um. All right, here we go. We hit our wheel. The important part. I love this part. This yep. is the part that's going to take us the most amount of time. Yes. But at the same time, I think we're going to be revising a lot as we move around it. I, I wish I brought a scrap I piece really, of paper. I really yeah. wish I had like a pad and paper. Does our engineer right have now? the possibility of getting us paper and pen? Oh my god, she's amazing. Because we walked in here completely right. unprepared. We Thank can you, still, Caitlin. We love you. We can totally do this still. We can just keep moving this. All right. We do. She's wonderful. So let's start at the basics of, right. of the story where we're going to get – we're doing this in macro. Sure. So we don't need individual pieces. Sure. Um. So we have our protagonists. We okay. don't necessarily know who they are, but that is irrelevant. They are well, not they're entirely. a team of individuals. Because it because it, it could it could be relevant to the story. It, um I think in the micro it can be, but well, I think in the macro it shouldn't matter. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, even if they are an established like adventurers guild, doesn't or matter. it doesn't matter. They're they literally already... a hired team. Again, hired think okay. sh- think Shadowrun design. Yeah, yeah. Hired team. Doesn't matter. Okay. They have Shadow qualities Run. that move us into this process. Sure. But other than that, we don't care. Okay. We really don't care. Okay. Okay. What do they need? Okay. We need to get to their needs, something that isn't right about the need. So 
I would say that they need to find the cornucopia. They need to find the cornucopia, yes. So simple, right off the bat, we have our opening. Easy enough, you're finding the cornucopia. Yep. There go. What is the cross of the threshold? Where do we where do we start that threshold break? My thought is is that uh, they're going to discover um, that they need to their their, their break point is going to be figuring out uh, who took it. Not necessarily the direct who, but the immediate who, um, which would leave them toward a direction. So let's let's think about that for a second. So who took the cornucopia? Are we thinking that the cornucopia has a significance to a specific individual and they just happen to get it uh, before everyone else, like before a group of other individuals found out about it? Or is it more of a uh, situation where we have um, – thank you so much, awesome. Caitlin. You're thank amazing. Thank you, Caitlin. Um, or do we have a situation where it was a specific person who took it and now other people know? Uh, run that one past me again. I'm sorry. So okay, so I was we have posting the, corner, the, the wheel to to the Discord chat. So oh, everybody else can that's fantastic. Well done. So again, we have our group. We really don't care who the group is. All right. Um, our need is the cornucopia. Okay. So we're stepping into looking into that. So they need to find the cornucopia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all writing here. For need you corn. Yes, gotcha. we need the corn. Um, what is their cross? What are their? What is their go? What is going to push them in a direction? Uh, okay. So, is, it, is there go money? Is there go they 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 discover who it is very quickly, like who the initial thief was, and they have they have a lead on it. Um, PCs are intelligent, um, typically, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little credit to the uh, to the group here, okay. and and maybe the storyteller might might need to nudge this one a little bit, but. I think I think the go because we are running a suspense story. Sure, should be the incongruity of the of of, of things not adding up. Okay. okay, so you've got this powerful noble who seems very invested in getting this orphanage's cornucopia back. Okay, which, which is not even a terribly an uncommon magic item. No, I mean it's that's unique been, for an or- orphanage, but that's been expertly stolen. You know, with maybe there's some other clues that are left at the scene and such like that. Was and, someone killed over it? Uh I mean that definitely would add weight to it. Maybe, but you know, I wonder. I wonder if someone was just maybe injured, like a like a guard, you know, and maybe he caught a glimpse of his attacker, and they they can go and see him, and you know, it, I would say not a guard. Perhaps it was the 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 old lady herself who runs it. Okay, that she was injured because again, her vision might be a little off from everyone else's. She's older. She may have not have gotten a full view of him, of whoever it was, mm-hmm. but at the same time, she has a detail that again. Doesn't add up, right, right? Something specific. It's it's the 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 importance of this particular cornucopia is just not going to add up. And I and I think you know even even if the storyteller needs to kind of you know say hey you know make make a make a wisdom check or make an insight roll or or an investigation check you know for me and and nudge the players in the way that says you know maybe something isn't adding up here. Why is this noble and you know so invested in this random artifact at a you know uh, at an orphanage? Sure, you know. Okay. 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 Because uh, be, being that this is a suspense story, okay. you know, I think that should be our motivator. All right. All right. I like that. I like that. Okay. Um. So then we move on to the search. Okay. Their discovery mode. Um. I think this could include uh any number of details from multiple groups. It could be using their own contacts. It could be leads that they're getting from the investigation information. It can be uh you know discovery of a trail, you know, depending on what kind of characters. I think this is where your character backgrounds mm-hmm. and, and skill sets come in of why they're there. Right. So right. this really is char- this is really character heavy. Um so this is this is character heavy on skills. Yep. So depending on what you're going to lean toward there will open up, you know, how they discover where the MacGuffin was taken, right? Um so then we step into the find. So now they've got their information set. They're pretty certain that they know where to find said object. Right. And, or, and may, or maybe thief. vaguely who took it. Right. You know, so, it, it might be as vague as like the Thieves Guild. You're ready? Or something like that. So who took it? 
Now, oh, now we're writing okay, this. Now, now, so we, now a, we need to come up with this. So my, so my thought is, is this. We know that the cornucopia is important because it, has, it is a marker, mm-hmm. um, either informationally based on like a read object. Maybe the last time that individual used it, um, it paints a picture of where they were. Right. It holds right. a memory, if you will. OK. Um, so that shows the location of something else. So what is important about the cornucopia for that specific purpose is is the guy who gave it up as his like willed item to whoever a partner of the rich guy and his interest in it is basically that he knows this other group is looking for it and he's concerned. He actually has a positive outlook on this because he doesn't want them to find out that what happened there or is did something happen? Maybe this is about a previous adventuring group that maybe had a nefarious end that wasn't right. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. All right, all right. Because um, right. so, I'll, I'll give you my whole thought if you want me to finish it off. But go ahead with yours. Oh yeah, go go ahead. Go ahead. Well, okay. Finish, so my my end thought is that is okay. maybe this was a older adventuring group uh-huh. that their last adventure was in a dungeon or, or a temple or something. Okay, and some slippy fingers got messed up and. People died. Okay. And it ended the group. Okay. And maybe the guy who died knew died for a reason. And that rich guy who came back wasn't rich originally. He just got his take. That other guy, dead guy's take. And so he turned over the cornucopia as a gift to the orphanage as like a – I know I fucked up and this is my way to repent. Mm-hmm. But now one of the other adventurers didn't die. Mm. He's come Ooh. to prove what really happened. Oh, okay. So and that's... it's years later. Okay, okay, okay. He needs to know that he or she, they need to know the truth. Maybe it was a rogue who who ended up rolling off of something into a trap or in over a waterfall. It basically thought dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never got their take and found the other guy's body, you know, after it was taken. Maybe he didn't die right there. Maybe there was a betrayal. That That's what I'm thinking. Maybe, maybe it wasn't slippery fingers. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it That's was what a I'm thinking. dark. Yeah. Um, okay, so where I was going to go with this. Go for it. Go for it. What's your uh, idea? Was um, possibly that, that um, there is some sort of a uh, no good organization. Uh, cultists, something sure. like that. Sure. Um, okay, so I liked where you were going with the this is an artifact from an old adventuring group. Okay, all right, okay. all right, all right. Um and uh the the rich benefactor sure. was an adventuring partner with the person that originally had this this item. Sure, sure, sure. Uh and the uh like you said, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a key. It it follows a memory sure. of some sort. Sure. So what they're looking for is the other adventurer. Ooh. Okay. And because the other adventurer has uh maybe has something of theirs. Um, has like a powerful, uh, you know, maybe a book of shadows or a book of secrets or something like that of sure. this cult or something, something equally important to them. Okay. Um, and he, to protect really everybody from these bad guys, took it and hid it away somewhere. And now they're just on his trail. Hmm. They so they, know they they know they can use the cornucopia at least because it was an it was an item that he was famous for having. Right. And maybe they they know that it, you know where it is now. They were able to use that so that they can use that to track him down somewhere, possibly even in the planescape. You know, some like maybe he's in uh the the Shadowfell or something like that, or you know he's in the Fae the Feywild or something okay. else like that. But they don't know. Because most divination only works on the material or on the plane that you're in. Right. So they need to find out, basically see what his last memories were with this particular item to see if they can get a clue for where he is. Okay. Okay. I kind of like where this is going. But I kind of like your idea better. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. All right. So a, a so, murder is what we're talking about. Yeah. That there, there's clearly more that happened behind the scenes. So rich benefactor betrayed – he wasn't rich to start with. Okay, okay. So, well, I, I know the, right. the, the guy who is yeah, our rich, our rich benefactor. benefactor. Yeah. Okay. Betrayed his group. Okay. So or someone in the group. Sure. And ended up uh, maybe taking the riches for himself at the end. So because he knew and he started would get, a new life. He knew he would get the cut. Right. And started a new life. And then of course had to cover up his yeah. misdeeds. So you know you do a bunch of charity. Like giving away some of his old possessions to orphanages and stuff like that. Right. 
And that's what brings it out. Now you're ready. Okay. I'm going okay, to okay. throw you another one. All right. Maybe the orphanage didn't have it yet. Maybe he was auctioning it for the benefit of the orphanage. And that's where it got taken was that somebody bought it and he the artifact was going to go there. But it was the fact that it brought in other investors to help pay for the orphanage. You know, he he's basically he's like, you know, I've accrued all these items and we're going to be, you know, giving this cornucopia to the orphanage, but you're all going to also donate for it. So this is a donation going to the orphanage as well. You know, cuz basically what they're doing is they're buying it, but in return giving it to the orphanage. Sure. So it's a sure, bunch sure, of rich sure, people sure. doing rich stupid things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like they do sometimes like, "Oh, I'm going to buy this painting and it will hang in the orphanage." You know, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So in this case, like that's where it was going and that's where the hook came to get this person's attention was that they heard that this artifact was going to be on display. And of course, not a big deal for rich people, but now this person knows that it exists yeah. and where that person – and they made a mistake by putting this out and they've been found. And this is this knife in the shadows moment to right. to make his move. Correct. To make their move. Now, the question is, is maybe they're not an assassin. Maybe they're just – maybe they're a oh, – Well, I don't think they're an assassin at all. Right. I mean we're talking about an old adventuring party, right? I mean <laughs> it was probably just the group's rogue. Well – I mean not necessarily an assassin. Well, but... my thought is this is maybe – because my thought is is the person knows enough that that artifact is the key to finding the truth. Mm-hmm. And so they're using that to find it, which means they're smart. They've got resources. So yes. it could be a wizard. Could be a wizard. Could and again, well this is the survivor. Yeah. This is the person who they didn't think would survive going over the edge of the waterfall or whatever was their quote-unquote demise, and they survived it. Mm-hmm. So maybe the guy who had the cornucopia was actually like the rogue or the cleric of the group. OK. 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 So so my thought is is that the – and that would explain where some of their other resources come from, maybe the some of the idiosyncrasies of the – If it were the cleric of the group, we could kind of lean on that Count Rachelieu uh, sort of uh, – or uh, Cardinal Rachelieu um, sort of sort of tropes okay. where like, oh, I'm a, I'm a holy man. I'm I'm upstanding. I would never do that. Oh, I'm beyond reproach. The rich or, person is, is – yes. oh, I like this. Yes. I like this. I couldn't, you know, and, and his whole thought is he couldn't save them. He wasn't powerful enough to save them. Mm-hmm. Like he was all out of everything. But the truth was is that he wasn't. No, and he knocked him off. Right. Yeah. You know, in the end, it was about money. And the okay, so so what's the wizard's part in all this? I mean, I, so I think that's that's the other thing we need to define is what what does our antagonist? I, mean, I almost don't want to call him a villain because he sounds justified at this point. I would say he's an antagonist. Yeah. So our antagonist's motivation is maybe they're lawful. Maybe they want to know the truth mm-hmm. so that justice can be brought down. And so he's he did one misdeed by stealing this and that's breaking his mind. Yeah. But he needs it to find the truth. That it was already stolen. It wasn't his to keep or sell. Right, 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 right. right. So what is what is the, the so the outcome he wants is justice. Oh, oh. The other inconsistency, he's the one who bought it at the auction. So he paid for it. He stole his own thing. He never stole it. He's lawful. I just – oh, I got our NPC. Damn it. I thought we weren't going to do this. <laughs> Shit. OK. So he's Good a – Good job, Rob. <laughs> so he's a lawful character. We don't know, right, of some kind. So what they're going to find is that they're – what they're seeking is this individual, this this mysterious person um, and the trail leads – to where? That's the key. Like is he hiding nearby? Did he make a keep or a castle like he took it over his home? Do we have a uh, uh, Count of Monte Cristo going on where he's masquerading as someone else or they're masquerading as someone else? Um, so I kind of like the idea of him being nested in with the Thieves Guild. All right. Uh, Maybe he's not a thief though. No, no. He's not a thief. No, he's not a thief at all. But the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Okay. And so as a rich and shady guy, okay. uh, he's going to be a target for the Thieves Guild and he dances around in all sorts of high society sort of stuff. So they know the ins and outs of that sort of stuff. And a lot of them may in fact be orphans from one same orphanage. Ooh. So he's weighing that – he's using that as an advantage against the other guy. Yeah. Mm. All right. So player A, rich guy. Player B, antagonist. Uh, so player B is using the Thieves Guild. So the direction leads them to the Thieves Guild. Yes. OK. So five would be the find. Right. Um, is the thief who stole it. OK. OK. okay. So, 
So find the thief who stole it. Okay. The take, which is six. <laughs> Knox says, if I were a rich person, I'd constantly be letting the Thieves Guild know what other stuff my rich friends have. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that's a thing. Um, so the take, the price, is that it wasn't the, – the thieves didn't steal anything. Mm-hmm. They're like, we're a Thieves Guild, but we didn't steal anything. We returned it. Okay, to the owner yeah, already. Paying, paying the price, yeah. So, so they're going to find out that this wasn't a theft, that the owner has it. And that kind of upends their entire their entire motivation up to this point. That's, Correct. That's a nice big plot twist that kind of rips the, rips the rug out from under them. Right, right. So the price they, the price they pay is not necessarily in, in, in blood or in coin, but more in knowledge and perspective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So not stolen, returned. And you could throw in all the other pieces about the thieves. Like we worked at that, 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 that. Like we lived there. That's Mama Gray raised us. Right. Why would we steal from her? Right. And I mean, I know she was injured, but it was an unfortunate circumstance. And you know, we 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 didn't kill her. You know, yeah. we we and we've doubled down on like you could even have the cleric who took care of her come out from at that point who works at the thieves guild. Right. Like we sent our best over there to take care of her. Yes. Someone she would trust. Yeah. She'll survive just fine. And they're all so now. Now you're like, I just broke in and busted in the thieves' guild's heads, you know, to find out that they didn't steal anything. They and find returned. Out they're it. actually decent people who are right. looking out for orphans. Right? This yeah. Yeah. I mean, time. granted, yeah. they're thieves, but at the same regard, right? They did a law. The one lawful thing they did was returning it to the owner. Yeah. 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 The guy, you know. So where is it now? The guy who bought it. What? This guy. And so now the the return is the returning back to their. Back to where they started to go talk to that person. Okay, so wait, hold on, just just real quick, just because I, and I think I know B. the I know the answer to this question. Sure, 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 but sure. Why would our antagonist have the thieves guild steal something he already purchased? Because again, he can't tie it to himself. Law, plausible deniability. Correct. He ha- it, he it needs can, time. It can disappear. Right, and he's right. He can wash his hands of it. Right, because he also knows. It'll bring out the truth of the other person, right? Because they know something's tied to that. Because now they're like, "Oh crap!" Yep, yep, it's out there and it's not secure where I know where it is. Exactly. Okay, so he he orchestrates the whole theft basically just to put the other guy on edge, right? And to find the truth. Yeah, you know. And now he's got this object. I mean, he still needs it, and he still needs it for right. And he's he going somewhere, it, but he also kind of wants to watch his his ex companion squirm. Right, right. And so. The the return is they return to go find this guy and he's gone. Mm-hmm. There's a trail leading right where he left because, again, why would he hide where he's going? He's going to the scene of the crime. Yeah. So he returns to wherever that was, which probably isn't that far. OK. OK. Maybe it's a day travel. That, the distance doesn't matter, right? So the party knows where this guy's going, right, mm-hmm. and is going to go confront him and like wh- – why did you steal this? So where where is this? By some sort of old dungeon? Um, maybe a temple, like an old temple or a dungeon. Some something with limited traps, but at a time it was dangerous. You know what would be what would be cool? Actually, a cool setting right. I think would would be an old dungeon, sure. but like cleared out. That's what I'm saying. They're they're it's done. Like, like they you made can, it you to can the almost, end. You can like through three floors. You can almost track their progress. Like mm-hmm. you can see, there's still a uh, you know a pit, python, piton, piton, piton. Yeah, yeah. That, thank you. And ropes. Uh, you know, jammed under a pressure right. plate. Or, yeah, you, know, you can see like where like, torches that were you know were set and where blast marks are from right. spells. Obvious scorch mark on the yeah. wall with a uh, silhouette of a goblin yeah. still. You yeah, know? <laughs> a le- leftover shield that was damaged beyond all repair. Parts of armor. A door with three arrows still stuck in it. Yeah, yeah. The the bones of several goblins. You yeah. know, things like that that are that are around the area. I like that. So the, the return is not only back to town, but uh to find this guy. To, to find the, to, to find the, 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 the scene bee. Of the crime. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, old, the old dungeon. Scene of crime, mm-hmm. which then leads to the change, which is eight, which my thought is you've got a couple angles here. Did they go and tell person A? If they did, maybe he shows up unannounced. 
Yeah. Like when they go to confront this person, you know, person B, the antagonist, mm-hmm. you know, who's just like, you know, who's there reading the object to see what happened. Maybe he's got like a divin a diviner there with him. Yeah. And yeah. they're they're trying to pull back up what well, you happened. Said maybe he's a wizard. Maybe that's his specialty. That's divin- what I'm divination. Yeah. You could you could pull, paint it a couple different ways. Sure. It all depends sure, on sure. how you want to make that character. But either way, they're he, they're doing divination right there, a ritual. Mm-hmm. You know, and the players will come in thinking, oh God, he's doing something horrible, and maybe they recognize the ritual and they're like. Wait, what's going on here? You're just doing divination? Yeah. What are you doing? And it's like – and you could – if they did tell the bad guy – sorry, person A, mm-hmm. the rich guy, maybe he shows up. Yeah. Maybe he's got a retinue of people like – Because you know, he sees this as, 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 as his chance to yep. erase that from the history books and That's right. uh, destroy all the evidence. Right, right. And, and Or maybe they don't. And that would be a great double cross like because mm-hmm. the guy who you think is your rich benefactor all of a sudden shows up and he's just like, oh, I can't have any witnesses. Kill them all. Yeah. Oh, you know, man. And then he rolls up with some assassins. Oh, that would be so cool. Well, the other thing. OK. If he, if he does show up and there is a fight, you know, they go to leave. Maybe, maybe it was a boat that brought them there and now their boat sunk or gone like it's leaving, you know. You have a lot of options based on who they talk to, mm-hmm. some of their backgrounds, mm-hmm. you know, and now there's this new established villain. Yeah. And and a story of like what does he have? What does he know? Like why was this place important? It was mm-hmm. more than money. He was stopping something about this. So now there's this whole layer of corruption that they just found out about. Yeah. And they're they're back. Yep. And they're right back to this back to the beginning. They got a bigger mystery to chew on. That's right. All right, that was a fantastic circle. <laughs> I think that so. Yeah, deserves a high five. All right, and All Knox, right. you're absolutely right. That is exactly what we're talking about with environmental storytelling. Exactly, exactly. So, just to kind of hit the circle on a good spin, just so everybody gets it. So, the party, whoever it is, needs to find the cornucopia. They then. Uh, they find that the details don't add up. Mm-hmm. So they have to do uh, – use their own skill sets to do some investigation. Right. You know, whether it's strong arming, socializing, straight up investigation, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. They find out that uh, – uh, they find the thieves' guild is the one who stole it. Right. You know, maybe even the specific thief. Right. You know, they get enough information on that, maybe through divining or whatever. Um, they were They go to confront them and get the item back only to find out they never stole it. They actually retrieved it. Okay, so they, they don't consider it stealing it because it's weird for them. Here's a couple complications. Though. Sure. Okay. Because, and this is why because, we're doing the circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we're well, no, 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 no. It's, it's less. It's less circle and less and, and more. No plan. No story survives contact with your PCs. One hundred percent. All right. So what we got to do? What we got to look for now that we've kind of got what we want our arc to look like. Sure. Is we've got to take a look at. Where the PCs can derail it, and I think that's our first point right now. Like, I think you can definitely get a group to bite on, you know, rich noble hires you to go find out what happened to this artifact that was stolen from an orphanage. Sure, okay. They can do the investigation. You can, in in any variety of ways, lead them to finding out that it was the thieves' guild. Okay. So, what happens if they go in and they just murder all the thieves? There's plenty of information. They're not going to – they're going to search for the cornucopia because mm-hmm. it's not going to be there. When they find the contract <clears throat> with the individual, they find missives, okay. letters going back and forth. Okay. And maybe not everyone dies. Okay. Because again, unless they coup de gras every single body, there's always someone to say something. That's fair. You know, and they could leave an opening. You ready? Not all the thieves were there at the time. You ready? And they could leave an opening to go back to the old lady at the orphanage. Mm-hmm. So, like, one of the persons who's I, you know, is their dying wish basically looks at them and says, "Tell her I'm sorry. I was never a better person." Mm-hmm. And so now they're like, "What? Why would he?" And now they can go back to her, and she could be like, "Oh yeah, oh that was, was a- little Tony. He was one of my." And then she could literally just go through all of them. Like these were my children. Mm-hmm. Like I've taken care of all of these. Why would these boys do anything wrong? Mm-hmm. Like Tony used to take care of me. He was my cleric. Like he personally took care of the children here daily. Like he was no thief. Yeah. You know, and so now you've got this much broader story. Plus you have all these missives that go to this other individual, this this questionable person leading them to their chateau. OK. 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 So you still end up with that, it's that sort of information. Yep. Regardless of how it happens. Excellent. All yep. right. 
Uh, so we then have that. Um, now, where where are we going in the story from here? Okay, so we we the thieves stole it. Right, it wasn't stolen. It was returned or taken by the right. by okay, the benefactor. So, so this is they where consider our, it stolen. Right, the thieves consider it stolen, but really it's not. Okay, so this is where our divine or wizard shows up. Correct. This is where person B comes into play. Okay, is that it went to person B. You, the players, through their own discovery, know that person B is the person who paid for it. Right. So why would he have it stolen mm-hmm. unless it was to uncover something Okay. or to not go directly into their hands? Okay. Maybe they couldn't be there to take ownership of it personally. Like maybe the guy was waiting to see who bought it because he was expecting to be the one to buy it. Mm-hmm. You know, and now there's this shadowy individual and then it gets taken, you know. Um, so either way, so this is where B, he's not there. Okay. So they they follow the clues to where he is, this ritualistic spot. Okay. Well, wait. wait. So person B is not going to reveal himself at the thieves' guild. His his identity is going to be revealed as the person who purchased it. When they go to the house, they're going to discover, or or chateau or whatever it is. Okay. That this person isn't what they seem to be either. Okay. 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 All right. So and then, it leads them on this extended adventure. OK. So how are they going to find out from there to go to the old dungeon? Again, investigation by any number of skill means. OK. Either they investigate the house or they find someone who who knows of the uh, port. Maybe they have some contacts, any number of things. Again, we're kind of reusing that. Let the characters do discovery and investigation. Sure, sure, sure. This whole time – now, keep in mind, this whole time we can have effects – Pushing against them. Mm-hmm. Other things that cause – that add to the suspense. That's a feeling. So we're going to get to that. OK. But I would say again, they do a little discovery by whatever skill sets they have means to, whether it be interrogation or hearsay or or insight, whatever it is. Yep. Right? Yep. You drop information however you need to. They get the inve- – that this person is going here and a ritual is going to occur. Right. OK. So now there's a concern. OK. You know, what, why is there a ritual going to be happening at this old – Site, mm-hmm. you know, which they may have even gotten really good to find out that it was a site that this other guy had gone to. Right. There's okay. some history there. There's some lore. So now that he was the lone survivor from his adventuring group that went there. Mm-hmm. So why that, – that's an interesting tieback. Again, another question. And may, maybe something they could go back and ask the noble of like, you know. Which is why they may return he's, there and say he's, like. He's taking it to, to this whole dungeon. Why would he be going there? At which point the guy can offer like, well, we'll take my ship. Oh, gee. We'll I, go now. I don't know. Exactly. Insight check. He is lying. <laughs> <laughs> Liar. Yep. yep. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Sam. So, OK. So, so now they leave to go there. They can we can have any kind of number of things that go along the way or nothing until they get there, mm-hmm. you know, at which point they arrive and there are some things now because they are either with him or not mm-hmm. can change the the scope of that, whether right. they have his guards to assist or they don't will change the whole progression up to the point where they find the ritual. Okay. So here's your other break point for you, sure. I think. And this is gonna be whether the PCs take the Benefactor's side or whether they take the wizard's side. Correct. Um, because they could just eat up all the lies that the benefactor is 100%. And go in their guns blazing. That's true. All right. So what does our outcome look like then? All right. So now we have – if they go in their guns ablazing, mm-hmm. okay, we have a couple options to, again, have the guy survive or the, per- the person be survive a little. Okay. At some level. Again, they could be legendary. Sure. They could have all kinds of crazy abilities. Sure. They could also monologue through the whole damn fight. See, I like that option because I don't – I think uh, – And they could use... still be a jerk uh-huh. 100% through it, but everything that they're saying is true. Yes. And 100% legitimate. So – I think I I think that the solution I would use here sure. is uh, if they do go in guns blazing, mm-hmm. you spend the first three rounds of combat monologuing, mm-hmm. and you you turtle him. You use any. Oh, defensive there you ability. had to you throw that in here, didn't you? Oh, damn it, Knox! Darn it! I walked right into <laughs> right it. Right into it. He played me like a damn fiddle. <laughs> All right, so so he he defends himself to try and continue the ritual. Defends himself to try to explain himself and or continue the ritual. I would say it's important to finish the ritual, and we could even set that as like a doom clock timer. Yeah, there's only so many steps left. Yeah, 
Like you could start it right from the beginning. You, you see maybe six runes as they're lighting up around sure. him. And it, it's a visual cue that like, you know, once that last rune, there, it, there's an implication that the, once the last rune is lit, right. it will be complete. Yep. Uh, and one lights up every turn, something like that. We could do that. But that's, yeah, yeah. that's beyond I'm, the scope of Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're getting specific. We're getting specific. Um, but I would say, uh, you know, if they do go in Guns of Blazing, that's, that's when you have the benefactor show up with his gang squad. Yeah. And just say, oh, good, you know, you're already doing my work, but of course I can't have any, you know, now that now that you've softened each other up a little bit, yeah, I can't have any witnesses kill them all. Yeah, and then he just walks away. Yep. And at which point now you have to deal with the guards, uh huh, and you have to find this guy. And by the time they get, th- you know, they're going to survive it at some level, mm-hmm. you know, whether the other guy survives or not, completely luck of the dice. Yep. You know. And he can give up the information or the ritual can end or they can finish the ritual. But it at least positions the benefactor as someone who's betrayed them mm-hmm. and someone who does betrayal. Yeah. Which is kind of his At which point now. they return to go back. You know, they look to see the ship and maybe at the distance that they're at, they see it sailing away. Yeah. And now they're stuck on an island, you know, with information about this guy. Mm-hmm. You like it? Put it in the books. Print it. All right. I love All it. All right. All I right. I love it. All right. We did that in 40 minutes. <laughs> they're they're celebrating in the live chat. I, I think that was a fantastic not, – not because we wrote a story but because I said turtle. You did. You know <laughs> – all this crap for doing that all, and all we get is the turtle. You know what? We We're going to questions. Screw this stuff. That is it. We got 15 minutes for questions. All right. All right. For, first off, uh, for those in the live chat, did you guys get the whole gist of that story and, and, and let us know what you think tomorrow or even later tonight in the Discord? Uh, I I feel like it was really well done. Yeah. I think that, that worked out well. So. And if you so. feel that the uh, the story circle helped – kind of bring it around and help us keep the key points, mm-hmm. you know, you can feel free to use that. But uh, uh, we'd love to hear from you, Sam, eventually on how you how you feel the whole step went through and the whole process. So but uh, we'll uh, we'll always uh, we'll, we'll always take that. But let's hit some questions because we, we missed some questions last week. We got a stack more to go through. Oh, God. Yeah. And then, so, then we got some more on top of it. Yep. So. All right. Um, Here's you know let's hit veteran because he uh, we missed that question uh, yeah. last week and I'd love to get back to that one. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, how do you handle players when they uh, they go uh, not just off the plot threads you are running, but off the map literally and figuratively? We keep hearing about treasures of distant lands and forbidden jungles. Uh, we're at a port town. Why not just leave? <laughs> Uh, sometimes they do that. Yeah. Sometimes it be like that. Yeah. Like uh, I think in I I think when you have very large scale plots, you're gonna have side missions. You're gonna yeah. have side stories that are gonna go off. And honestly, I don't see a problem with it in those kind of scales. I don't see a problem with it. Um, I think if you do have a meta plot going on, um, if you've got like a, a a bigger plot, especially if it has more of a global scale, mm-hmm. um, the question you start asking yourself is, okay, you guys are gonna go uh, find you know treasures of distant lands in forbidden jungles. Can I tie that into the plot in any way? You know, if you yeah. guys are fighting an evil cult or something like that and you decide, you know what, screw this cult, we're going to go over there. Does that cult have, you know, origins or maybe ties to that jungle? Mm-hmm. Would you maybe find, you know, temples to that god in the darkest parts of that, you know, that place? The other thing that I like to find in these things mm-hmm. is, sure, run something fluffy. Sure. Like have it be something fun. Mm-hmm. But enforce maybe character background. Yeah. Tie a background into it. Sure. Make it make it meaningful for at least one of the characters if, you, if you've if you got something background related so that it's not outside of the scope of the story per se. Right. But maybe it wraps up or gives another step in their background. 7C is really good about doing that kind of thing um, where players can actually say, I want to explore this part of my background in one of, in this episode. And at that point, sure, it shows up. Your background will show up in this episode yep. and you will have to deal with it at some level. Yep. Um, you know, uh, you watch movies like um, Three Musketeers and histories step into it. Uh-huh. You know, you've got uh, Athos uh, who has his histories come into it, Aramis is whose histories come into it. And you can see their backgrounds step into what the real plot is and mm-hmm. get tied directly into it um, even though they're going hither and yon. You know, right, right. Um, and I think that's part of those kind of stories. And I'm talking about the Disney Three Musketeers, not the other one. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you know, the important backstory we find out that that scarf was given to him by the Queen of America. I know, exactly. and that he's a wonderful storyteller. <laughs> you know, and we also find out that the key assassin was married to him 
And she lived. Uh Yeah. Uh, Well, briefly. Spoilers. So I I, I say go with it. Just be prepared on larger scales to do that. On the other hand, like we talked about last week, there's no reason why that boat that was going to go out of the hidden jungle doesn't get deported to Cathay, was it? Yeah, something (laughs) like that, right? So you can always bring it back around. You can always bring it back around. Pick another one. Let's do this. All right. We'll just go down right down the list. Knox in the box. Uh, even though you don't deserve one for tricking me into saying turtle. Dumb. Uh, as far as archetypes go, do you have a favorite cliche-breaking character? Ooh. Oh, I have to think about this one. Yeah. As far as archetypes go, do you have a favorite cliche-breaking <sighs> character? Like you're talking like PCs I, we've played in the past or like I, NPCs we've put in? I would say PCs. And I'm okay. going to say I had a character who was a uh, – I had a vampire character um, who was a uh? God, now I can't think of it. The crazy ones. Um, Malkavian. Malkavian. Yeah, yeah. Who believed he was an angel? Mm. And that that was his neurosis. He thought he was an angel. He'd actually duck through wind through doorways because of his wings were too large. Oh, geez. but only he could see himself that way. Mm-hmm. But he he treated himself godlike and and angelic and and was holy and was an avenger of darkness. And 100% played the trope the whole time through. Yep. Like yep. didn't drink blood. Did drink other things and sure. ate food. Mm-hmm. You know? He was crazy. Um, <laughs> but that that was my cliche-breaking character was I, I, I made a vampire into an angel. Uh, I don't know. Most of my characters are cliches, honestly. Um, it's easy. I've got a uh, – uh, I've got a character coming up in uh, Sean's uh, Dragon Heist game, Waterdeep Dragon Heist game. Um, and she's a tiefling paladin named Lucent. Yeah, you were telling me about that one. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, she she grew up in the temple of the the sun god, uh, a monitor, and um, so you know it, tieflings, you know they're supposed to have all this like infernal blood in them, and you know typically you know portrayed as maybe a little more mischievous, a little more um, willing to bend the rules, a little more chaotic, and possibly a little more evil, but. Uh, Lucent is lawful good and utterly terrified of the idea of doing anything wrong, like doesn't swear, anything like that. Like we'll just – you know, because because they basically told her that if you give into your, into your evil nature, you know, you'll slip and you'll you'll become demonic. I think it's perfect. And so she's terrified of it now. She's almost like a, like a, like a, like a germaphobe, only she's an evil phobe, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> – I like that. OK. All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's shift to somebody else because we don't we, – we've got – we're shutting. We're, we're running time here. Okay. 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 Um, let's do technology. Uh, thank you. Uh, when writing a plot, designing worlds, etc., have you ever found something of your own creation that made you uncomfortable that you had created it, and how did you reconcile? Oof. No. Dead serious. No, I'm not. I I don't think I've ever been uncomfortable with anything I've written. Uh, mostly because I don't know. I. I think we've talked about this before. My storytelling styles tends to be pretty level and vanilla. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I tend to lean far more into theatrics than I do into, you know, deep psychoses and stuff like that. Um, I think probably the the bandit NPCs that I've written for my current campaign have come the closest to kind of frightening me with the depths that they'll go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm still OK with them. I I don't think I, I think I've always retracted myself before running it. Mm-hmm. Like I've written things and then I've been like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I, I've written slavery in, I've written abuse, I've written all kinds of stuff into story notes. Yeah. But when it comes to actually displaying it or talking about it or using it in a game, I've I've always pulled back from it. Yeah. yeah. Um I've graced the edge of things, but I've always felt that it was necessary when I did it. Um or I've talked through it with people. And been like you – know, like we had a discussion while, oh, yeah. when I was doing yeah, it. Like yeah. what about this? And you were like, why is that even necessary? Mm-hmm. And I was like, OK. That's a solid point. I, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd written it in there because I thought it might be necessary. But now that I look at it, it's not. Mm-hmm. And would walk away. And I think that's the key is knowing your players and knowing when to pull back. Yeah. But, but some of it is exploration and I think that early on I made a lot of mistakes, like cheesy kind of dumb thing mistakes. Sure. Um, but I don't think I've ever had to really reconcile things other than to say, you know, I'm sorry that that sucked. 
Yeah. You know, that's about yeah. as far as I've gone. So. Yeah, it's about as far as I've gone. I, and I, I think that the, the only thing I've ever really had to reconcile is just, to, to, you know, uh, telling myself like, yeah, these, these are horrible things, but horrible villains do horrible things. And that's what makes them villains. And yeah. some, sometimes those horrible things are needed to show that, you know, you, you as the hero – stand th- that much brighter next to that shadowy darkness. Right, you right. Know? You know, it's what you're doing is necessary in this adventure because that that villain needs to be conquered. Right. And if you've I mean, if you've got players who want to be in a I'll say it murder hobo game, you mm-hmm. have to give them reasons why in yeah. some cases that the what they're doing is justified. Yep. So, yep. All right, grab another one. All right, we're going to write down the list here. Sure. Overwatch campaigns have different feels: a uh, street-level hist- uh, heist story, a cinematic action adventure, a political tale with intrigue and pageantry, gritty post-apocalyptic survival, etc. Systems, setting, story, and players can all affect that. What are some good ways of establishing and keeping the quote-unquote feel of a campaign that you are going for? Notes. Basically, every time you move through – like we did tonight in the circle is we kept coming back to the word mystery and Mm -hmm. suspense. We would say those words over and over again. Yes. So I think one of the best things you can do is if you want to keep a story in a certain theme Mm -hmm. or a style or a feeling is you bold those words at the top of the page of whatever you're working on and you constantly use those words whenever you're stepping into something. They are your lighthouse. Every time you want to make a decision, you look at those words and you say, how how is this decision serving Mm -hmm. those words? I mean sometimes you're going to go a little bit away from it. Sure. You're not going to have every moment be suspenseful. Sure. But you might have a moment still be mysterious. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, there might be still a little bit of intrigue that steps into that. So things like uh, like we were talking about when you're when you're working on a campaign and you're coming up with uh, the type of story you want to tell, whether it be adventure or mystery or intrigue, and then what the mood of that that is. That's where I think you want to kind of step around that. And like um, like Overwatch was saying, the the campaigns have different feel. And I think that feel is important to make sure you write it down. Right, I mean if right. you want to stick to a street-level heist, you know, you want it to feel close. You want it to be on the streets and you it, want it with to a feel beat gritty. feel. You want yep. it to kind of have a personal feel to it. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if you're doing something cinematic, use the word cinematic in it. Make sure your descriptions are large and pat, you know, pan, you know, panoramic kind of things. Right. You paint, want paint pictures, paint yep. landscapes with yep. your words. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So Let's hit one more. All right. Uh, so Draven, uh, Draven asks, uh, is there a particular story you'd like to tell or theme that you'd like to explore but have ne- uh, but never have because of some reason you haven't been able to, quote unquote, pull it together? So many. So many. So many. I have so many notes on so many different designs. Everything from space operas to uh, to like stuff for Shadowrun. Um, I've wanted to do Shadowrun's kind of stuff in D&D. Um, I've had a lot of intrigue. I, I mean, I come up with ideas like we did tonight all the time. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll listen to something. I'll hear music. I'll, I'll, um, you know, and it'll trigger something in my mind, and I'll immediately start into a story, and I'll make some notes, and I'll just leave it on a page, and that page will literally sit there for years, and I'll, I may never get back to it. Yeah. Because either yeah. I'm running something or I'm in something or I just – I don't have the time to think about it. Just Google Docs go full of half-scotched ideas. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep, notepads full of stuff. It, it it happens all the time. So yeah, I'm I'm with you, Draven. There's uh there's all kinds. I could we could do a whole episode on lost plots. Oh god, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think you know ever since uh, Sean started mentioning Spelljammer. Oh yeah, on, there you go. On, on probably a once a week. I've had a handful of ideas for that. Um, uh, I've had ideas for uh, Urban Shadows. We were talking. Oh about. yeah, we, I've got we, like we got eight deep character concepts for that just yeah. rolling in the back of yeah. my head and like three stories. You know, so yep. All right. Well, we're wrapping up here. Our next week's show is about going to be about taking the random out of random encounters. This is something we keep pushing to the horizon. I'm going to make, I'm gonna <laughs> make Sarah get into forever. this. So, uh, so. I, I think we should get into this. Uh, can you roll us some outro here? 
keep right. it. Thank you. You can find us online at st underscore conclave. Sorry, on Twitter at st underscore conclave. Uh, Instagram, st underscore conclave as well. Uh, I like to post up there some of the uh, miniatures and train stuff like that that I've been Which working on recently. So uh, give us a check out there if you want to see uh, some of my nerdiness. Uh, you can also find us on Discord. The link is in our Twitter uh, pretty frequently. And you can also find it in the episode description on your favorite podcast listening software. You can also find us on Patreon. We would love to have you guys join us uh, if you're just listening for the first time or you want, you're joined into our Discord. Uh, any help that you can give us, uh, you can join us in live chat once you become a ma- member uh, and you get some additional perks uh, like Knox and Sam have gotten. And we thank them ever so much for joining us on this. Our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Gee Frog. You can find that at uh, geefrogmusic.webly.com. Uh, and our outro is Only Footprints in the Sand by Midair Machine. You can find that at soundcloud.com slash midairmachine slash tracks. We record every week at Podcast Detroit. You can find them online at podcastdetroit.com, on Twitter at Podcast Detroit. And our engineer is Caitlin. Thank you so much, not only for uh, handling our engineering, but also <laughs> the emergency pens and paper. <laughs> yes. We'd like uh, to thank our families. Vicki, Sean, thank you for letting us uh, do this as we have for the last 39 episodes and hopefully another 40 on top of that. And all of our friends who make our games. Games wonderful, and you, our listeners, we love you.